Hi, my name is Bill Bolding, Dean of Duke's Fuqua School of Business, and when I'm not promoting business as a force for good, I'm listening to the Business School Question. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the latest episode of the Business School Question. I'm your host, Marco Dinovelis, and on today's episode, we're asking the question, what will business education look like in 2030? Who better then to answer it than Sangeet Chowfler, President and CEO of GMAC, the Graduate Management Admission Council. Sangeet joined GMAC in 2013 after over 30 years of experience in the corporate world. He was born and raised in the Himalayas. His midlife crisis, he says, was to return to these roots, starting with a 20-day high-altitude trek to Everest Base Camp. Now trekking to the base camps of the highest peaks on all seven continents is firmly on his bucket list. So Sangeet, multiple research bodies and consulting firms have made future of work predictions for the year 2030. But what about the business school industry itself? In a time of fast-paced change, what will the next decade bring us? There's so much we could talk about here, so let's start with your chief predictions for the future of the industry. What will business education look like in 2030 compared to what it looks like today? Thank you, Marco. Uh, Nice to be here. Well, you know, first of all, if you think about uh, business education, we are going through a period of great change, but also a period of great stability. So, you know, sometimes when we think about the future, we've also got to be informed by the past. And if, if you went back to the 1980s or the 1970s, We were talking about the use of computers and how computerization of businesses and automation of jobs at that point of time would change the future of work. And as a result of that, to change the future of education of all types. In reality, what we found is that many forms of what business education teaches us, the language of business, the integration of different disciplines, the... uh, the concept of strategy have been somewhat timeless. And while technology and business models and global growth has changed the underlying fabric of business, the need for leadership, strategic thinking, the integration of cross-disciplinary thought have continued to stay important. So it's important that we actually, when we think about the future, we also think about what's happened in the past and what these uh, somewhat timeless values of business education have been. So with that, uh, you know, I, I tend to think, first of all, uh, what's very important is that graduate management education or all business education will continue, if, whether we're looking at 2020 or 2030, will continue to be very valuable and probably the most widely used uh, form of education uh, in the world, as we are seeing right now. I also believe that the MBA, which goes through its cycles of being uh, questioned, will continue to be the bedrock of business uh, education or graduate business education. Uh, And I think we need to be a little bit careful about uh, the trend towards over-specialization because the MBA values from cross-functional understanding. Formats may change, but the underlying concept of being able to understand the business and the vocabulary of business will be very important. That said, I think that technology as well as the globalization of business will will force us to deal with 
some changes in the way programs are structured. You're going to see more early education in business through pre-experienced master's programs, but also this notion of micro degrees, which could be put together and stacked together in different ways to get that broader sort of degree. So we've heard talk about micro masters, we've talked about stackable credentials, all of that will have some particular role to play. And the last point I'd make is that we will continue to see the globalization of business education. As quality business schools develop around the world, uh, we will see a matching of demand and supply, demand in terms of candidates that want a business education, and the supply of business education, which will be quality schools, which will no longer be the preserve of, let's say, the industrialized West, but we'll see high-quality institutions all around the world. Interesting. So let's just knuckle down on that last point. Um, do you see a shift away from the US in terms of a bedrock of business schools and towards Asia? Do you see India as a rising market considering the next 10, maybe even 20 years? What, where do you see these emerging business education markets? I think there's some fairly ob obvious uh, markets that will end up uh, developing over a period of time. You know, China and India are obvious uh, uh, markets because of the growth of their economies. And the growth of the economies in China and India will are already beginning to create uh, uh, great corporations, vibrant startup cultures. Uh, as a result of that, a social sector around it which wants leadership and managerial talent. And all of them create job opportunities. And as a result of that, a greater desire for management education. We've already beginning to see that. For a short period of time, I think we had a demand supply imbalance. There were more people looking for business education. There wasn't enough quality business schools in these markets. And as a result of that, we saw uh, a great internationalization or international mobility of candidates. Some of that will re reverse as business schools become more and more recognized in, within those particular regions. And then around that, you've got obvious markets like uh, Singapore and Hong Kong and maybe the emergence of certain markets in the Middle East, which uh, may not be servicing domestic demand, but maybe servicing uh, regional demand. Uh, Europe will continue to be uh, an increasingly important uh, provider of business education. The U.S. will continue to be a major player in this particular area, but it may suffer for a period of time as you see students in other parts of the world looking at their own domestic or regional options rather than necessarily looking for options in the US. And what about the role of business education in society? Do you think that will change further? Uh, perhaps it already has changed from a place uh, 30, 40 years ago, where it was very much thought of as a path towards high-paying jobs in uh, the finance industry or on Wall Street. And today, it's very much a different being. How do you see the role of business education in society developing as we see business education, graduate management education globalizing as well? That's a great question. First of all, I think it's already it's already been changing, it's changed a lot over the last decade by itself. And a big part of it has been the change in society itself, because business education lags the changes of society. So if you were looking at the post-war eras and the growth of the great corporation and the multinational corporation, 
business education was largely serving what at that time were the globe curdling corporations, largely in the Western world, but the age of the age of the multinational, if you will. Uh, in the 80s and the 90s, we saw the great the growth of global corporations and the growth of finance, if you will, uh, with liberalization of financial markets around the world. And business education, you know, disproportionately uh, was servicing uh, the needs of the finance and the consulting industries. You've seen the waves of technology. You've seen the waves of global growth. But at this point of time, I think there's a move away from, and I think we should think of it as management education and not business education, because we're seeing a shift from the corporation itself to a variety of different forms of organizations which need leadership and managerial skills. It, within the business world, you can think about startups and younger or fast-growing technology companies, but we are seeing the social sector, significant um, NGOs, all of whom would benefit from structured and formal leadership. And we are seeing as a result of that, that more and more graduates from management education are going into some of these, what you would think about as non-business sort of sectors. Of that, do you think the students of the future will look different to the students of today? Do you think because of their changing motivations, do you think we'll see different types of students attending business school, uh, perhaps wider demographics? I think we may actually find that you know demographics may change in terms of gender and ethnicity, but we may actually find that students of the future are more like the students of the past and maybe not the students of the recent present. And what do I really mean by that? Uh, we used to find that students getting business degrees a couple of decades ago were largely people who were looking at leadership positions. And they were generalists in some ways. Today, we are finding that a lot of the a lot of the students going for a business degree tend to be much more narrow in terms of specialization because the degree has been much more focused around providing uh, specific job skills or job-ready skills. In the future, what we may find is that as you you may find the resurgence of the generalist. And this is counterintuitive based on what we are looking at right now, is people who are actually looking at the broad understanding of how do you manage an organization and uh, how do you lead an organization through change around the use of new technology, the use of different models, the globalization of reach. And as a result of that, you may find that this diverse population in terms of demographically diverse population will actually be more generalist in their thinking rather than very narrow and specialist. I realize that when I say that, that is quite counter to what we are seeing today, where we are, we are seeing the growth of a lot of specialized degrees. Yeah. And so is your reason for thinking this, the fact that you think graduate management education is something that will be, should be, and will be applicable across 
industries, variety of roles and uh, types of industries, not just the traditional industries as well? Or, or, or is there another reason why, why you think that? Correct, because I think I, I think what we have what you're finding is that uh, job cycles are shrinking. So I think that we all have to be careful about over specialization, because what we specialize in today may be irrelevant tomorrow. Uh, so in the course of a forty to forty-five to fifty-year career, that students who are entering uh, business education today are, are going to see. They may go through 10 different careers through five completely new technology platforms. So as a result of that, it's very important that students preserve their ability to learn and they understand the broader context in which they are operating rather than being overly narrow. Because there is a risk if you are highly specialized and your specialization goes away and you know nothing else. Uh, so as the pace of change actually accelerates, we're going to end up seeing two diametrically opposite forces colliding with each other. One is over-specialization because deeper technology and the need to really understand that technology. At the same time, the ability to be broad-based and flexible and, um, you know, overused terms like... Uh, lifelong learning are going to be very important because at a time of great change, you need great amount of flexibility. So if we talk about applying to business school and for our listeners who are going through the application process, um, if we think further down the line, will how you apply or what business schools look for in prospective candidates, will that change going forward? Or do you think things are similar to what they are today? So, you know, obviously how you apply will continue to change across, you know, as, as technology evolves and time and space become a little bit less relevant uh, in a world of greater, more online formats and different forms of application and evaluation sort of systems. But business schools have, to some extent, always looked at a certain set of skills. And these are... Uh, what we call the, the skills of critical thinking, the skills of analytical reasoning, which are important, which are, these are cognitive skills which are important regardless of what you are studying. But beyond that, I think business schools are increasingly focusing in a more interconnected global world around trying to find people, the leaders of tomorrow who need to have what we loosely call soft skills. But these are the skills around the ability to collaborate across time and space, uh, the ability to communicate and communicate going beyond language to the skills of making your point, the skill of rhetoric, as well as uh, drive and ambition and some of the things which are difficult to quantify but are incredibly important. Curiosity, if you will, the desire to look around corners, to see the future and to conceive on it. This is what's going to be important to leadership for tomorrow. And it, it's what schools are increasingly focused on. And where does that leave the GMAT uh, admission test then? The GMAT and other standardized assessments address a piece of the problem, but admittedly not the entire, uh, not the entire solution. GMAT has been 
very reliable in terms of measuring and quantifying uh, what we call cognitive skills. And this is really the skill of reasoning, critical thinking, analysis. Uh, these continue to become more and more important as you look at a much more complex sort of world. And we've been evolving the GMAT as a result, uh, most recently with the analytical reasoning section of the GMAT, where we realize that today's world exposes candidates and business leaders to multiple streams of data and information and the ability to synthesize and integrate them together is, is becoming increasingly important. Uh, so, so GMAT will continue to evolve around that particular uh, spectrum. But there are, there are other things. Uh, you know, GMAT does not by itself measure what leadership traits you may have, what uh, uh, your ability to uh, build consensus uh, across diverse audiences. And that's something which admissions officers around the world try to evaluate through a variety of other means like personal interviews, essays, uh, peer reviews, letters of recommendations, etc. It is an art uh, which will continue to be enhanced by the science of uh, tests like the GMAT, but uh, uh, it's important that we look at that holistic view of the candidate. Yes, absolutely. And, and business schools look at a holistic profile and the GMAT forms a very important part of that, certainly recommended to take the GMAT to apply to some of the top schools in the world. Um, let's move from uh, predictions to what you think personally needs to change in the industry. Management education and business schools in particular are going through their own particular transformation from supply-constrained environment where there was this hunger and thirst for business education around the world. They were limited providers of the degree or that particular education. And as a result of it, uh, there was a lot of applicants. There was less competition for talent. I think at this particular point of time, the biggest one of the biggest changes that we are seeing is the globalization of business education the growth of quality business op uh, 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 schools around the world. And as a result of that, this uh, competition for talent that schools have to deal with it for purely internal reasons. And so that's a transformation that schools have to go through. At the other end is, of course, we are seeing the changes of what technology can bring uh, bring to the table, and that I think is a huge opportunity for business schools, as well as this whole notion of how do we prepare a candidate or a student for a lifelong journey rather than an intervention at a point of time. So, you know, traditionally, a lot of university-level education has been a little bit of a, one, you know, one-and-done kind of model. You go to university, you get your degree, and you leave out and you're out in your career and it's sort of, I've done that. The rate of change that we are dealing with is unlikely to make that a successful model out into the future. So what we're all gonna to have to deal with is we learn the basics at point at the first instance, and then we have to continuously learn new things to stay current with either new technology, new markets, or new models or business models that we operate in. 
So that's going to force some sort of rethinking in how we stru- how business schools structure their relationship with the candidates. Do you come in for a basic sort of degree? Do you have a subscription sort of model at the end of that? Do you work with a consortium approach? Do you have the one plus sort of format that's been talked about in some uh, uh, by some people? Some fundamentals are going to have to be rethought as a result of that. So do you think there will be very innovative business schools in the next 10 years who will trial out these quite different models of of operation and uh, different ways of um, taking candidates on that journey? I think there's already a lot of innovation that's going on. Um, And there are business schools who are pushing the envelope uh, either through looking at specific industries in certain formats or looking at different uh, learning models, partnerships across the world where you take credits in multiple schools. So there's a lot of different experiments uh, that are being run by business schools, and I think they will continue to happen. And then and we will move away from a one-size-fits-all sort of approach to an approach where uh, students will have a menu of options to pick from. Fantastic. So the next 10 years, we can expect more customization. We can see lifelong learning really continue to pick up pace and business school turning into a a cradle to the grave type um, support system almost. And you still predict the MBA to uh, remain uh, the chief degree in the space despite the other challenges from specialized masters so the the value of an MBA degree in your opinion will will stay strong. Thanks Sangeet, thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Business School Question. The Business School Question is brought to you by the team at Business Because where you can access all our podcast episodes. Whether you're considering an MBA, EMBA or Business Masters program, read more business school news and get practical resources to help your business school application on businessbecause.com.